wonderful day, full of knowledge. Project A Podcast. As uh, I just uh, got introduced, uh, my name is Hedda Seller and I'm a service designer working at the Swedish telemedicine company Kry. Um, and what we do is do to provide video consultations uh, with the patients uh, so that you can see a doctor over video. Um, and I'm here today to talk about how we have uh, adjusted our product uh, to different markets. Very slow. Uh, but before I get started to talk more about that, I wanted to give you an example of how uh, our, our use cases and like from the patient perspective. And this doesn't work, so I'm going to click from here instead. Uh, so imagine uh, yourself the last time you were sick, um, when you had a cold or in, uh, sick in any way that you needed uh, primary care. Imagine that experience and what, did you, what you did, like how did you handle that situation? Me, myself, uh, about a month ago I had a really bad flu. Uh, I haven't been that sick since 2012 and I, it was kind of those man-cold situations and I felt very sorry for myself. Uh, but mainly I had this cough that kept me up all night so I couldn't really sleep and I felt that I needed, needed help. So uh, what I did in that situation was that I called my mom. And you might think that that is a weird thing to do, but she's actually a doctor, so it would make sense to do that. But also, when we ask our patients and people around us what they do when they're sick, this is actually what a lot of people say that they do, <laughs> even though their moms aren't doctors. And then other things that people tend to do when they're sick is to stay home and watch Netflix, to wait it out, uh, because eventually, oftentimes, you get better after, uh, after some time. But uh, people in the modern society aren't that passive. Uh, we tend to search for information. We Google. So this is what I did. <laughs> um, coughing cat. I didn't know if I, if I clicked on that one, though. But yeah. Um, but it's a very, very, very strong uh, tendency we see that people, when they get sick, they start to search for information and try to understand their symptoms. And there are a lot of places out there where you can read more about different kinds of symptoms. And some of them are very accurate and some are don't. But it, all together, it gives the patient an idea of what's wrong with them. And from that knowledge uh, input that you've gotten, maybe you understand that, okay, I need to go to a primary care, I need to see a doctor. And oftentimes what you do then is to go to your care center or to visit your doctor. Um, in Sweden, it's very common to have a care center. Here in Germany, it's more that you go to a specific doctor that has its own office. So you contact them and ask like, okay, hey, can I come? Uh, I'm sick, I have a cough. And this is very often the answer you get, at least in Sweden. Sorry, uh, the first available appointment we have is first in two weeks. You can come back then or you can book a time then. And that won't really help me with the cough that I'm having, like keeping me up all night because that is more acute and urgent need. But in other cases, the answer might be something like this. We have a drop-in appointment, so you can just come by in the morning when we, when we open. And that, that seems really good, right? But then when you go there in the morning, this might be what you are met by. A long queue already like lined up in the staircase up to the doctor's office. And like standing there, like coming there already eight in the morning, having to wait for 10 people to see the doctor before you, and then also uh, maybe catch uh, additional viruses while waiting, isn't really a pleasant experience. So as a patient in this situation, you get kind of puzzled, like, what should I do now? How should I handle this, this situation? 
And that's when we at CRI try to help uh, because we are available and have accessibility in a whole different way since we are a digital healthcare provider. So our core service, the core user case that we have is that our uh, clinicians meet their patients digitally in a, a video consultation. Uh, and in Sweden, we have doctors, nurses, and psychologists who work. Uh, and in other markets that we uh, are available, it's uh, mainly doctors as for now. But so the use case is that patients that have a problem can go to our, uh, to our app and they can research symptoms and tell us information about what's wrong with them. And then based on those answers, uh, we can understand what kind of care they need. Uh, and from those consultations, you can get uh, just advice on what's your next step, or you can get a prescription uh, or a referral to further care, uh, both in uh, primary care or in specialist care, if that's what you need. And, but like, we don't want to stop there, like having video consultations with patients solve one type of problem, uh, but we want to be the go-to place for our patients when it comes to healthcare and be a more proactive healthcare provider so that they have everything that's related to their health in one convenient place, uh, both being like accessible but also very personal to know our patients and know their health data and, and like how they have feel over time. <laughs> it's very important for us. And we try to do this in four different pillars, you could say. The first one is health information. Uh, the self-help, uh, and that is when you, if you look back to like the Google behavior that we see uh, is very strong. If we could uh, make sure that our patients have good, sufficient information at this stage, maybe they can get a better understanding what type of care they actually need. Uh, so we work a lot with informing patients on an early stage in their, in their process. And then we have medical services, which is uh, mostly our uh, video consultations, but also in Sweden we have uh, a physical care center where patients can come just as a regular care center and visit doctors and nurses and psychologists. And also we do text meetings where you can example get a prescription renewal uh, quickly by uh, edit, edit information in, uh, in the app and then a doctor will review this and uh, uh, hopefully you can get your prescription renewed. We also do uh, a lot thing, uh, about uh, medicines and health products to be able to, for example, order home your prescriptions so you don't have to go when you are sick to go to the pharmacy. Instead, you can order it home via our um, partners uh, who offer that kind of service. And uh, the proactive part to be able to help our patients to stay healthy and to think about their health in a more proactive way and not only when you actually are sick. Uh, but also how you can uh, work to be healthy long-term. And this is some uh, examples of how we uh, drive engage engagement with our users beyond the actual video consultation, that more long-term relationship that we want to establish. So uh, here we have, for example, um, uh, medical information pages where you can read articles about, uh, about different kind of symptoms. We have um, forms that you can fill out about your health so we can give you tips and advice on how to proactively stay healthy. And then also the service about ordering home medications, uh, your prescriptions, uh, and also see your medical data and your medical history. We started off in Sweden uh, in March 2015. So already like four and a half years ago and a lot have happened since then. 
Um, two years after, we uh, opened up a service in Norway uh, as well. And about a year ago, we uh, also opened in um, France and UK, where we are available now. Uh, and it, there's a lot of movement like around in Europe and uh, in the world uh, about like making it possible for this kind of services to exist. Because for a long time in a lot of these countries, they haven't been um, possible uh, for us to, to be available and work. So that's why we opened in France and UK uh, a year ago, because that's when it was legal for us to exist. And as for now, we have helped over a million patients, uh, which is, of course, something we are super proud of. Uh, but this is uh, just the beginning. Uh, we will help a lot more patients uh, going forward as well, both through video consultations, but also uh, in a lot of other ways. But exciting, exciting stuff is happening. Uh, so this year, we plan to launch in uh, Germany. Uh, so maybe a lot of you in here can uh, use the service uh, in not too long. Uh, we will be available for everyone, uh, but if you, only if you are uh, privately insured, you will be available, uh, possible to get it reimbursed. And that is, as I mentioned before, about like a legal, uh, a legal uh, thing. So we are only now legally uh, being able to work uh, with privately insured patients. But just like, okay, I don't know how many of you in here know much about healthcare and the healthcare systems around Europe, but they are quite differently. Uh, have different setups in different countries. And I just wanted to give you some background before we dive into uh, details of uh, what we have done. But the German healthcare system is based on health insurances. So everyone is obliged to have a health insurance and that could be either a public or a private one. So if you have a private health insurance, you are like opting out of the public uh, insurance system. And the numbers are roughly 90% have a public insurance and 10% have a pub, uh, private insurance. And another interesting thing is that primary care doctors, which are uh, the doctors that we uh, work with and that will work in our service, they are run independently and autonomously. Uh, so they have their own, um, they decide on their own like what kind of system they want to use and like how to work. Uh, there's not, uh, as in Sweden, for example, uh, common with health centers, and they work very much on, on their own. In the Swedish healthcare system, uh, it's a tax-based healthcare system, so you basically don't pay for healthcare uh, when you are in need of it, but you rather pay through taxes. Uh, and then we have a small uh, fee per action up to a certain amount, and then it's free for all. Uh, and we have, the country is divided in 20 autonomous uh, county councils and they can decide for, them own, for their own how to, uh, what kind of digital systems they want to use, for example. And that is also uh, very political because uh, it's a part of the election to decide like who is going to run the, uh, the county council. So it's very different in different parts of the country. But we also have some national system. For example, we have a national e-prescription uh, system. So as a patient, I can go to any pharmacy around the country and pick up my prescrip uh, prescription medication, uh, regardless of where I got this prescription from. And we're going to talk some more about that soon. So uh, the question that I'm going to focus more about now is how we have localized our product based on user needs. Since I, as a service designer, work a lot with understanding the needs and behaviors of our patients. 
I, I, use, um, I like to show this picture when talking about service design because if you look at, it's, it's a lot about looking at an iceberg. Uh, what our patients and like core users see is actually just the tip of the iceberg of everything we do and need to take into consideration when uh, creating and building a service. We also need to understand like our clinician journey and like what our clinicians, doctors do uh, when working in the service and have a good uh, system for them. Otherwise, the patient experience won't be that good if the doctors don't have the right tools. And there's also a lot of other things that we need to take into consideration. Internal systems and processes, how we work as a company, but also external systems and legalization, for example, we need to take in co into consideration and adjust towards. So there's like a lot of things that needs to happen under here for us to provide good care to our users. So, but I think like the basic thing for us is to understand needs and behaviors, attitudes and challenges that both our um, patients and our clinicians have. And if we understand that well enough, uh, we can adjust our service and create new solutions in the local market. So if you, if you look at this from a localization perspective, it's even more interesting because behaviors and needs and um, the challenges patients have are probably quite different in uh, different countries when we have different healthcare systems, right? So this is just an example of how we have uh, localized our product based on the four markets where we exist for now. Um, and that is, <clears throat> you can see that there are, these are the home page that we had. So this is the first thing that our users see when they come into the app. Uh, and they have a bit, it, it's not a huge difference, but there are some differences that I wanted to point out. So for example, in Sweden, uh, we are very like careful with telling the patient that they can see different kinds of clinicians. They can see doctors or nurses or psychologists based on what their need is. In Norway, we collaborate with insurance companies. So it's also very important for us to uh, tell the patient which insurance company we um, partner up with so they know if they can use the service or not. It's about expectations. And in France, uh, it, we have understood that it's very important for us to tell the patient about our service because this is something very new and they might be cautious and wonder what this kind of service is. So we have uh, the, one of the first thing you see is uh, an article where you can read more about, uh, about the service and how it works. And in UK, uh, we push for that we are a partners with NHS, which is the National Health Service in UK. Uh, and that we also are free of charge, so the patient know what to expect. Uh, and also here, it's also uh, that we um, inform about what the service is and how it works. But now uh, I'm gonna dive deeper into a case uh, that we have been working hard with the past couple of months in the <coughs> German team, and that is prescriptions <coughs> and how to provide prescriptions to our patients in a good way. First, some background. So already in 1983, their first e-prescription was being issued in Jönköping in Sweden. That is 36 years ago. <laughs> so it took some time before we actually got this national e-prescriptions um, service. I think it was in 2002. Uh, but still, very early, we started to think about this with e-prescription and how we could uh, skip that little paper that you get from the uh, doctor uh, that you then need to go to the pharmacy with. It's very easy to lose it. 
And uh, now 98% of all prescriptions in Sweden are e-prescriptions. So we're not at 100%, but most of the prescriptions are there. Uh, and for me, it would be like I, just this, the thought of getting a paper from the doctor is really weird because I'm so used to uh, getting my uh, prescriptions digitally. And also, this is very important for us at CRI because 45% of our consultations end up with a prescription being issued. So actually, a lot of our patients are in need of some kind of medication. Uh, so if we can solve this problem of like giving our patients uh, their prescription fast and easy, uh, we are not really in use for 45% uh, of the users. Uh, we can't really, in Germany, for example, we couldn't mail uh, the prescription to them, so they got it three days later, right? That wouldn't really work. But we saw this a bit differently in our different markets. So in Sweden and Norway, uh, we have the national infrastructure of e-prescriptions, so we could just jump onto that and work as any healthcare provider when it comes to e-prescriptions. In France, uh, e-prescriptions did not exist when we uh, started our service there. Uh, so we created our own system. And uh, we will talk a bit more about the French way of doing things later. Uh, in UK, uh, we have uh, decided to do it as a close collaboration with different pharmacies. Uh, in UK, we are not, uh, you can't use the service uh, wherever you live. Uh, it's in certain regions. And there we have collaborations with pharmacies. And if we now look at Germany, so about none of the prescriptions are e-prescriptions, so we really have an uh, issue to tackle here. Uh, I think all of you Germans in the room know about the little papers uh, that I was talking about earlier. So you might wonder like, how, how we tackle this situation. How can we create e-prescriptions when there isn't a national system for it? Uh, it's a very good question and something we have thought very hard on uh, these past couple of months. Uh, and doing that, we have taken three important perspectives into account. Uh, it's the patient, of course, that needs their prescription and their medications. It's the doctors that are going to prescribe the medication. And then, not to forget, we have the pharmacies and the individual pharmacists that work in the pharmacies. Uh, because pharmacies in Germany are uh, privately owned and uh, they have different ways of seeing things and working. And also, each pharmacist have their own, um, are their own person and might think differently on how things should work. So it's a very uh, tricky um, group to tackle. And by understanding these perspectives, we have worked in a classic design thinking approach. Um, I don't know how many of you who are familiar with this, but this is called the double diamond um, model. And it's a way of uh, visualizing how you can work with design thinking. So I'm just going to do a very quick walkthrough of this. But it starts out with a, you have some kind of research question, something that you need to understand more of. And in the first place where you uh, open up your mind, uh, you try to understand more about this question and the problem and the challenge that we have. And, from, and that's usually done by user research and uh, uh, doing a quantitative research. And after that, you uh, go into the define, you define the problem that you've seen. Like, what is the actual problem that we have here? What is, what is the potential solution? Because the solution phase is here. Uh, you ideate, try to come up with what kind of solutions uh, that actually would solve the real problem that we have found. And then you prototype and test it. 
Uh, and you don't do this one time, you do it several times until you have uh, gotten the right solution in place. Because oftentimes when you prototype and test a solution, you find out that it might not be the right one for the specific case. So this was the research question that we had uh, when we started to work on this. Uh, how can we make sure that our patient can access their prescriptions within the same day of their consultation? As I said before, we didn't want to mail it to them because that would take uh, like three days and they probably need their prescription or the medication sooner than that. And since we have like already gone through this uh, in France, where there wasn't uh, e -prescriptions, a national e-prescription system either, uh, we thought that we had some knowledge. We had done this before. So maybe we could try to do it the French way in, in Germany as well. So that was our hypothesis. And that's what we started to work on. So we uh, created a prototype. Uh, that is based on the French system, but with some adjustments so we could um, to, uh, to fit the German market better. So it has two parts. Uh, first, we have the, the patient side, where you got an inbox message uh, explaining how the process uh, was going and like how, how, what you should do as a patient. And then we had a pharmacy tool uh, that the pharmacy uh, could redeem the prescription through. So it was like a one-time use thing that you could reach from a link, basically. And what we did, we tested this. We went out and did a lot of guerrilla testing uh, at pharmacies and with patients. Uh, here you can see Sarah, my colleague, uh, who is working in medical operations, who did a very good job pretending to be a patient and in need of uh, like accessing her prescription. Uh, we also interviewed in-depth interviews with the um, pharmacy manager, trying to understand their work situation better and what they needed if a system like this would be implemented. And we also did in-depth interviews with potential uh, users or patients uh, that are privately insured to understand their perspective more. And we learned a lot from this, uh, like testing things in the real environment is always like the best thing of, to like understand uh, real challenges and also uh, how your product works. What we understood was that the French solution didn't work. Um, when we went to the pharmacies and asked them to, uh, to get our prescriptions, they were very skeptic. They, some thought that this wasn't really legal or they didn't recognize the system. So they, they said, that, oh, I can't, I can't handle this because I, I, I don't know what this is. Uh, it is legal, uh, but they didn't know that. And when we asked them like, how they wanted to have this prescription sent to them instead, they said, but why don't you use Faxi to us instead? Um, so uh, we learned that we can't really do it the way we thought. Uh, and we decided to pivot and redo things. Uh, and I think it's like working this way is a way uh, that you make you fail fast, but also cheap. Instead of building this product and just think that, oh, we, of course we can solve it in the French way in Germany as well. We did a prototype that took a day or two to build and then we went out to test it. And then we understood that, okay, this is not uh, working. We need to do something else. So we went back, we, uh, we did the, the circle of the double diamond and we iterated, we tried new solutions. And to be honest, the process, like coming up with a solution for this have been a bit like this. 
we have gone, we have had a lot of different solutions and ideas on how we can solve it. Uh, and then we understood details that didn't work and we had to redo it and think of it again. Uh, but we have come up with a solution that we are quite certain will work. Uh, and also like one reason why we have been uh, needed to like go back and forth so much is because we have been a lot of teams involved in this. Uh, so we have the German team that uh, works here and uh, will uh, like making sure that the launch uh, in Germany happens. Uh, we have our legal team that helps us understanding what we can and cannot do uh, here. And we have uh, two of our, um, uh, mainly two of our product teams, the prescriptions team that handles everything that have with prescriptions in the product to do. And we have the clinician team that works with uh, the clinician part of our product. And then, of course, medical operations. And all these uh, five teams have worked very hard together in order to uh, find a right solution. Uh, but another problem that we stumbled upon is that in Sweden, everyone goes on holiday in July. So in July, no one is at the office. And that's what when we were working on this. Uh, so that also made us need to like, iterate a bit when everyone was back and learn more uh, over time. But our uh, prescription flow, the solution that we came up with. Uh, so the doctor uh, will prescribe a medication to the patient. They will write it uh, and uh, make it ready to be sent off. The patient will receive a message in their inbox that their prescription is ready with information about the, what medication they got and, um, and the dosage and so on. And then they can go to the pharmacy and pick it up. Easy, right? It's not that easy. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, actually, when the the um, patient uh, the patient needs to pick an actual pharmacy where they want to collect this uh, prescription, so we ask them to go to uh, a website to find a uh, to find a pharmacy, and then they uh, give us the address and the name of the pharmacy. That is then sent to an admin person who in the background will uh, contact the, the pharmacy and send the prescription to them. And then the admin person will tell the, prescription, uh, the, the patient that your prescription is now ready. And then they can go to the pharmacy and pick it up. And this is to make sure that we send the prescription to pharmacies that actually will accept this, uh, this prescription. Uh, because we don't want to have the case where our patient go to a pharmacy, expect to be able to pick up uh, their prescription, but then are turned down uh, at the pharmacy and need to pivot and do, do it all over again. But a core thing for us to make this work is to use the facts. <laughs> you might think like a digital healthcare company wouldn't use these kind of things, but yeah, we will do that. And that is mainly because we, this is something that all pharmacies have uh, in their back office. Everyone has it and they know how to use it. They use it every day still. So we will write upon that and we will actually send uh, the prescriptions via fax to them. But we actually uh, use this digital fax solution so we don't really have a fax at the office, but they have. And I think it's so interesting. Like one of the pharmacy managers that we interviewed, she said like, okay, I know it's old, I know it's from the 80s, but it works. So that's what we're gonna do. 
But looking ahead, um, we see that a lot of things will happen uh, in, in Germany. There's a lot of like, movement when it comes to digital healthcare in general. And they're actually looking at the national e-prescription service here too. So uh, it's said that in last, uh, next year, um, something, uh, a first version of this will happen. So we are very hopeful for that. We'll see uh, when and if it happens. And hopefully that could also lead to us uh, scraping the facts and hopefully also all the pharmacies out there because we, uh, it's not the most, uh, the best tool for them either. We could really see when we went to the pharmacies that they had kind of like a hacky solutions with a lot of different tools that they used. Uh, they had computers and different QR scanners and they had their facts and another computer in the back. So there were a lot of different systems for the pharmacies to use. So I think like for them as well to not having to use this uh, tool would be really good. So like the reason why we do all this and why we work this way is because like one of our core or our main core value is to be patient first and to always think about our patients because we exist because we want to help patients uh, that are sick to get better. Uh, and if we wouldn't work this way, we wouldn't understand the patient's needs and uh, their behaviors when they're sick. So doing user research and trying and testing things is like one of uh, the best tools we have for understanding how we can be like truly patient first. And that's it. I <laughs>